My name is Javier Colon. Welcome to The In-Between. Today, I am joined by Nicholas Christie, Stephanie McCarthy, and Brian Wong to talk about their thesis film titled Frostbite. Hey, guys. Hey, Javi. Thanks for having us. Hey. It's nice to see you all. As I mentioned before, you guys are my first trio, so this is going to be very, very fun. So uh, just to start things off, um, uh, who are you and what do you do? Uh, Hi, I'm Stephanie. Um, I'm part of the Frostbite team. Um, I'm the environment TD. Um, I'm responsible for the Houdini effects, lighting, and compositing. Uh, hey, I'm Brian. I'm the character TD, so I'm responsible for the for character modeling, uh, texturing, uh, character effects, um, and later down in the pipeline, I'll be helping Steph. Uh, we will both be doing uh, lighting and compositing. Yeah, so uh, I will be, or I uh, am responsible for pretty much all animation. Um, supervising any animation help that I'm receiving. I also rigged all the characters. I did all the previs and camera layout and initial environment layout. Gotcha. So you're, you're handling a lot of the production stuff as well. Yes. How did you find yourself at SVA? I guess taking it back for in high school, I uh, didn't, I didn't originally want to be a visual artist. I actually wanted to be something more involved in STEM. So I was thinking of going to school for environmental science or biochem. Mm -hmm. Um, But I ended up switching in my junior year and I kind of applied to a bunch of regular schools and I applied to only a few art schools and SFA was one of them. Um, And then I actually applied for their 2D department and I got waitlisted. And then... Yeah, I really wanted to go to SVA, so I called them up and asked them if I could be admitted to a different department that had space available. And they said, yeah, sure, you can go into the computer art department. I was like, sure, that sounds great. And my intention was to go to SVA, be in the computer art department for a semester, and then transfer into the 2D department later. Mm. Um, But then I just stayed because I like it a lot. So, yeah, that's kind of how I started, yeah. Um, well, I wanted to be a director for a really long time. And then I was planning on going to NYU. And then I directed my first show and a couple other ones and I didn't like it. Um, (laughs) So then I was like, Oh, like, SBA is cool. And like, I saw Tangled. And I was like, Oh, yeah, like people do that. And I was gonna miss art if I did directing. Mm. So I was like, Oh, wow, like, that's cool. And then I I didn't know anything about like 3D and then I just applied to SVA and got in and I was like, oh, cool. I was originally planning on uh, attending a CUNY, uh, one of the CUNY, so either like, oh, so like Brew College or something like that. Mm-hmm. But when, upon getting my acceptance letter from SVA, um, which was actually for the illustration department, uh, oh, wow. I went on the, yeah, I went on the open house student tours and I heard in passing there was also a computer art department here. My father knew that I really enjoyed movies and visual effects and animation. He kind of like pushed me, he's like, hey, why don't you, we like check that out. So I kind of, in the middle of the illustration tours, I just went up to the tour guide and said, hey, can I tour the computer art department as well? And I just jumped ship and then went over there and I looked around <laughs> the department. I liked what I saw and I liked the work that was here. So kind of jump ship quickly emailed an advisor saying like hey can I join this program instead <laughs> even even though I was already accepted into illustration department but thankfully um they accepted me and here I am very cool I love how all three of you 
just so happened to not initially want to join or uh, intend on joining the computer art department, but then all of you ended up here by by chance, which is just great. Like that's such a that's a fun commonality that you guys have. Yeah, it's really really cool. I've I've met a lot of people in the, in our department like that, and it's really interesting hearing everyone's stories. But yeah, absolutely. Our department is is pretty small, and like. Nobody really thinks about it. like everybody goes to illustration, for example, or directing, but nobody really thinks about like 3D animation as much as like, I mean, like maybe in recent years, but like before, at least as, as far as I can remember, nobody really realized that that was like a like a thing, you know, I didn't. <laughs> I had no idea it was like a thing until like my like I knew it was a thing, but I, I, I like I thought it was like 2D animation and and 2D stuff was like the thing that I was like really really taken aback by so yeah yeah I did I had no idea and I just like Steph and um, I'm not sure about you Brian but I had no idea like how to use any 3d software any programs yeah. like I came in pretty pretty blind because they definitely don't teach that in like high school <laughs> you know yeah I also found out that there is a, such a thing as specialized high schools I never knew that I, I thought like everyone just went to high school and just like <laughs> did their thing but uh meeting people like in our department they're like yeah like I did I, I like was I uh like specialized in like illustration or 3d like computer art stuff in high school and I was like what like you could do that it's amazing <laughs> like lucas he said that like yeah like i was really into like cinematography and, and photography and stuff like that and i specialized it and that was my focus in high school and i was like what i was like you had a focus in high school i know like, that's crazy who could have thought i have nobody was focused in high school i mean I yeah, wasn't, I that's sure for sure wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh we talked about you guys we talked about what you guys do where you guys came from and now we talk about now what is your thesis called and what is it about? Um, so our thesis is called Frostbite. It's about two sisters who are coming back from a fishing trip. And the younger sister thinks that she's cut out for the forest, um, She's that she's old enough. So she wanders off to go hunt a deer and then she encounters something that she didn't really bargain for. Um, and they kind of try to get out of that situation. So where did this idea come from? So... I'd say sophomore year, I asked Brian if he wanted to work on thesis with me. Um, and he was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, that's like the Cliff Notes version. But um, anyway, <laughs> we, we went into junior year in our thesis research class, kind of like pitching ideas back and forth, back and forth. And we couldn't decide on one that we liked. Um, and I also wanted to make it an effort. Uh, and this is with Stephanie too. She came on to our team later on. Um, I wanted the story to be something that we all had a hand in creating because I felt like, like if it was a story that we all like took part in and all created together, we we would work on it harder mm -hmm. because we all had a personal kind of stake in making this story. Anyway, after I would say in between the fall and spring semester of junior year, also at that time, Stephanie was in our team now we were kept like pitching ideas to each other, trying to think of something, something good until that we could develop, we could have it crit and things like that. Um, so the, the initial story was actually about a, like a first nations mother and her daughter. And they would, they both would come in contact with the polar bear and her cub. And there'd be like this cool, like, like chase or like fight scene, but we couldn't figure out a way to make it into kind of like a full story. Um, 
And yeah. it was just like a, a small nugget of idea that I thought of in a Starbucks, like in January or something. <laughs> and I pitched it to them and they liked it. So we kept running with that. Um, and then over and over and over, we kept like throwing out the old story, but keeping the same kind of loose theme and aesthetic that we, cause we, we, we did like that. And we already, we already did some visual development work for it. So we didn't want to throw any, any work unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. So. And did this idea kind of refine itself mostly f- because of classes and critic critique that you guys received, or was it just like you guys were kind of self-evaluating? I would say both. I would say we kind of had a feeling what worked and what didn't, but it was also nice to have another person's kind of uh, opinion from, I, I sent out our story to so, uh, like a lot of different people for crit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of the times we changed the things that we changed aspects of the film that other people were having problems with and like the commonalities of the crit and things like that. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this thing doesn't work. And four other people said this thing also doesn't work. So we changed that thing. So I would say it was a lot of sending it out and getting crit and having um, other classmates uh, look at it too. That really helped just to get other, other students' opinions as well as like teachers or professors' opinions. Yeah, totally. Definitely like the most valuable asset that anybody has is their peers and the people that they work with because they're the people that you're going to be showing your stuff to, you know, whether or not that's in the thesis screening or in the production phase for sure. So that's definitely something that's uh, that's super important. Yeah. And I'm glad that you guys were able to do that with your piece. I actually kind of want to divert this question to Stephanie as the latecomer to the group, but also the one with the directing experience. How was this for you? Like, how was the writing process for you? How did you uh, bring those skills and incorporate those skills into the piece? Um, so I, I am not the director. <laughs> I guess we all, we all kind of like co-direct, but I would mm-hmm. definitely say that like Nick is like the director. Cause it's always good to like have like too many cooks in the kitchen. We, we actually talked about this yesterday. Um, <laughs> spoils the broth. Yeah. Yeah, spoils the broth. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's kind of always good to have like input. Obviously everybody, like we all kind of pitch in kind of like keep on top of each other and keep like hold each other accountable as well as like keeping ourselves accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for like writing the story, um, I definitely have like a wonkier taste <laughs> than, <laughs> than like an average like story. Um, <laughs> so I, it, it was a little bit hard for me to, come up with story pitches that mm-hmm. would not be too weird um or like function do you think you can give an example of a of a wonky pitch um one of our pitches that had nothing to do with the story was a lot of underwater things oh my god <laughs> one, <laughs> oh god and you guys didn't go with that why i feel like that's like probably the easiest idea that i've ever heard of <laughs> <laughs> you think, but also simulation time. Yeah. Uh, put uh, yeah, put taking supply, t- t- taking the plunge, but it's a shame. <laughs> yeah, kind of a little bit. I mean, yeah, and it was diff- It's difficult to like oh follow up taking the plunge of like and like have and not have mm-hmm. that connection with other people. Um, but yeah, we have so many <laughs> stories that we 
kind of developed and just threw out because we either technically couldn't make it work or just like Mm -hmm. we didn't love it enough to like continue with it because we knew that we were going to work on this film for Mm -hmm. two years basically or a year and a half so we wanted to make sure that we liked it more more importantly and yeah we have have (laughs) so many stories some of which I I would like to explore later on after graduation I'd love to like uh, work with these guys again and and also like work with other people just on these Mm -hmm. small little projects not necessarily like for for profit but just you know for fun like just flexing those creative muscles and were there any particular stories you were mentioning that there were some that you want to work on after school were there any particular that you'd like to share as a as a memorabilia so that you know they it could be known where the story could have gone um we could share one. So other ones that I'd like to can I keep to myself because I don't know how realistic they would be or I would some of them I would like to explore later. But but Brian, do you want to explain the uh, the the fisherman story? Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if I mentioned that fisherman story one more time, uh, <laughs> yeah. Steph, Steph and Nick would have killed me <laughs> uh, because uh, yeah. Um, but there was uh, I was thinking of this story of uh, where like son or daughter and they were going on a fishing trip and the father is like. So I'm caught up in like, oh, I'm, I'm, I want to catch all these fish and like, I want to pose like with this, uh, I want to pose in a picture with them um, that he basically just like the obsession with like catching a fish, he basically neglects um, the oh, child. Wow. And on this like one trip, the, the daughter actually catches a, a fish on a rod, but then father, he's afraid that the fish might get away and he might not get his like trophy mm-hmm. picture. He basically like shoves her aside, like, let me do this. I'll, 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 you're you're, you're going to let it get away. But it's basically that like, his obsession basically just mm. uh, he neglects his uh, child, and at the end, uh, basically they reconcile. The father realizes he's like, uh, "What am I doing? This is supposed to be like a family trip. This is supposed to we're supposed to be having fun. It's supposed to be so competitive, and like, why am I even caring about uh, getting this trophy?" And at the end, they take a picture, but they don't have a fish. But it's just a nice little family outing. So that was one kind of like thesis idea I kept throwing around, and <laughs> by the end, but yeah, by. By the end of that process, yeah, Nick and definitely like Brian. We're, we're, <laughs> we're not doing this. Yeah, there's a point <laughs> yeah. that we kept throwing out stories that we like, and like that was like our backup. That was our backup story. If we couldn't get the the polar bear like frostbite story to work, yeah, it was very very Captain Ahab Moby Dick esque. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's one of the stories that we like threw around, and we I would say that was like one of the stories that we developed further on. I think that that's a very good backup safety story. It's hidden all the like Pixar short buttons. You know, I, I love it. I love <laughs> that it. was also one of the problems that because like we didn't want to make something all like Pixar Disney stuff. <laughs> we wanted to make something you know like our own. Yeah, and that was like one of the things that we had with that story. Mm-hmm. It was too like cutesy, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. It was still. It was still like a good. Like I am glad that we like thought of like other stories because, um, it I think ultimately helped us develop develop frostbite Mm -hmm. yeah totally and and frostbite's a very unique piece because it's exploring the relationship between the two sisters but at the same time has like this really awesome action component with the polar bear and that's something that i don't think that especially for brian's sake and his love of creatures you know i don't think would be (laughs) impossible in in the fisherman story uh kind of jumping off of what we were mentioning about brian and his love of creatures I want to ask each of you, what is your favorite aspect about working on this project? Sure. Um, in addition to my love of uh, creatures, I guess, like, just love of characters in general. We imbued a lot of uh, 
like character elements into the two sisters. And I enjoyed doing uh, portraying those like characteristics um, through like modeling and giving them specific like different attributes. Uh, the older sister is more mature, and uh, some aspects of her character looks more put together. While the little sister, she's kind of like playing a kind of a little bit, trying to like imitate her older sister in a way, just to try to show that she is ready. But yeah, in addition to just creating two. Um, excuse me, three characters, uh, enjoy the, the look development process, like developing materials for them and just uh, developing the grooming as well, refining that overall with the input of teachers and our fellow peers, including um, what I call it, Nick and Steph's input as well. Yeah, and I, I got to say, like, Brian, I've seen the screenshots, I've seen the previous, I've seen the proof of concept. You have done a fantastic job grooming. Like, they look fantastic. <laughs> Still, still have some uh, stuff I really want to wish to iron out and get some more uh, critiques mm -hmm. on. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course. It. Yeah, Brian did a lot with those character designs, like because we didn't have, we had some character explorations um, commissioned, and that was a great help. But uh, other than that, like Brian had to deal with my crappy concept art <laughs> <laughs> with, those, with those characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he did a he did a super good job. He really like made those characters like our own and his, or his own, and and we also helped develop the story as well because we kept tweaking it as production or pre production went. In the computer art department, it's so bizarre because there are people who are like reincarnation of Picassos, and there's people with stick figures. Like there's no in between. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those stick figures. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Me too. Um, so I've never really done like a forest ever. Um, and I didn't know how, now that I think about it, like this environment is everything like I don't know how to do besides <laughs> maybe like light and like texture. <laughs> well, like I didn't, I didn't know how to make trees. I didn't know how to make vegetation. Uh, I didn't know how to do snow simulation. <laughs> it definitely like has pushed me. Like it, it's, it's given me like a love for Houdini that I literally didn't care about before. <laughs> um, but like, all of the trees were done in Houdini. The snow sim is done in Houdini. Um, it's definitely like pushed me in ways that I didn't have before. Yeah. Like I didn't have knowledge in any of that before, but it's definitely like just cranking out passes and like see, not looking at something for too long. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, I think that's probably the best part is just like learning new things. Yeah, totally. And that's that's just the best part about life is just being able to acquire new skills and, and, and broaden your, your knowledge and your experience because it just makes you a much more well-rounded person. So, Yeah, Steph is a Houdini wizard master. <laughs> Steph, you had no idea how to use Houdini over the summer and then over the, you, you just learned it and like kicking out amazing <laughs> stuff. It's just, yeah. You mentioned that you were doing snow simulations. Are you also doing procedural modeling when you're creating these environments? Yep. So all of the trees are procedural because forests have obviously a bunch of different trees. And <laughs> no, no every way. time you, yeah, no way. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like unique in their own way. So I like in, I used L systems and like different code to like, have different probabilities on if it like splits or does this and like the distribution of the branches and the leaves mm -hmm. for each frame in the timeline. So each time you scrub, it's like a different tree. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I just export those to use in the, as well as the pine, we have a mixture of like pine and aspen trees. So it goes the same for those two. Yeah. And as an environmental artist, like you, you kind of know what looks well with, what you know like in as far as like the backgrounds are concerned too 
I would th- I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would say so, absolutely. After seeing like the environments that you guys have created, uh, you specifically, Stephanie, yeah, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. So my favorite aspect, I would say, I would, I mean, I'm a character animator by heart. I love character animation. Um, I'm really, it's it's a lot of animation. We're reaching kind of like a crunch for the end of semester and even over break for uh, animation specifically. But um, mm-hmm. I love it. I love animation. I'd say the one thing that I didn't think I would like as much as I do is the camera camera work and previs. Mm. Um, that was not really something I would I considered, um, but now that I've been doing months and months of months of just straight camera work uh, with our previs and just sequence like and like sequence work and and uh, things like that, telling a story through the camera and having the char- camera be its own character, um, that wasn't something that I thought. I would like, mm-hmm. and I do, I do like it, but I definitely think character animation is where my heart still is, but I, but yeah. So I'd say also just, and with camera work, just, I do enjoy directing um, and just telling the story overall. So you got, you got like basically like the big three, you know, when it comes to uh, an animated film, you know, if you want to go solo, you, you got it. So <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's definitely something we thought about like if we're not able to get jobs after this we're all we're all gonna leave SVA and then just make our own studio yeah really so you guys were, were considering that idea very very loosely I mean that that's of just course. a little bit of uh, a little bit of a pipe dream but it's fun to think about mm-hmm. um because we don't really know what the uh, kind of professional CG industry is going to look like mm-hmm. when we're entering it just with COVID and, and things being online we're not sure when things are going back to in person so yeah, so that was just something fun that we were thinking about. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, I think that it will either be like completely dumb luck that like the moment we graduate, everything's back to normal. Or um, if this is something that continues to persist, I think that either way, as part of the entertainment industry in a general sense, we'll be fine. So that's just my very limited perspective and overconfident words for you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think so too i think the cg industry is pretty resilient because everything's done remote and on the computer Mm. um or has the ability to so um but again you never know yeah things change absolutely things definitely change and that segues perfectly into my next question (laughs) so you guys were mentioning that you're kind of scrapping stories left and right you're figuring out how to how to properly create this thing or whatever so i wanted to know what would you guys say would be your worst moment so far in thesis of time where maybe you felt like you couldn't get this done or maybe it wasn't the right fit for you or I think it was a collective moment where we where it was like darn uh I think it was during our thesis pre-production class uh, with artisan onion <laughs> uh, we had like I think it was like a second or third a draft of like this story and uh, what to call it and what we thought it would be and we pitched it like enthusiastically all right here we go it's about the end Arson's about to give us his thought and he, he took a pause and he turned around to us and said I want to be honest I don't like it it was amazing yeah. I like yeah. it was brutal, but yeah. I mean, how, how it's quickly your ego can drop from like it, 100 to zero. Yeah, I mean, 
when he said that, I was like, you know, it does kind of suck. <laughs> yeah. I think that that revision of the story will never see the light of day. So. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Definitely a wake up call. Yeah. 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 It, it's 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 very interesting because you almost get like like not to insult you guys. I don't mean to insult you guys. You get like tunnel vision. You know, you're working on this thing. You're trying to refine it, and sometimes. You know, it's it's great to get that feedback from other people, and knowing Arson, of like, of course, he would be the one to be like, you know, I don't, I don't like it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. Like you said, like it's, it's so easy to get tunnel vision, and I think in all forms of just professional work or just anything, and I'd say. I recognize as a visual artist or as an artist in general, it there is this kind of like thing where artists are like, I'm just going to like seclude myself and just work on bang this out and like finish it. And it's going to be great. And like, and I could do this by myself and that's never the case. I don't think you can do this kind of work by yourself Uh, or you can definitely, but it's not going to be as good as, getting critique from other people, collaborating with other people, getting other people's advice. Like it's definitely not a solo thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like this is a very collaborative major and a very collaborative Mm -hmm. field. There's, there's no such thing as a one man team, unless it's like a very, very rare exception. Even then that's just like, you still need to show your stuff to things. Exactly. People. So now we're going to kick it back to a higher note because, you know, nobody likes to talk about their faults. So how about we talk about the best moment in your thesis thus far? What was a moment that you were like, yes, this is going to work? What would you guys say was your best moment in thesis thus far? Seeing the five second proof of concept like all together, I think was like it definitely like validated. I feel like all of our skills (laughs) once we got like the story Oh, also in Harry's class, when we finally got the final draft, I guess, when he was like, this is it. That was that I think made us all very happy. Yeah. When we got the previs done, like pretty, like pretty close to being done, done. I think we all like, we're like, (laughs) because then because like we breathe the sigh of relief. And I think that was because that was kind of the end of like iterating on the story Mm because we, we iterated on the story from basically uh, January of last year to October of this year. Or the same year. November, actually. Yeah, oh, yeah, pretty much November. Like we were kept tweaking the story. So, how many versions did they have? Uh, we have thirty-four versions of our previs. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and it pairs. <laughs> yeah, and it was yeah getting feedback from Harry on, on the previs and the story in general was such a huge help. Definitely do more, but it's, it's, it's December <laughs> don't, now. Don't say that you're so. gonna tempt yourself to get back in there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, well, it's funny that you say that. I do plan on redoing the edit later <laughs> over the break. But, yeah. So. You're version 35 is coming 35 here we go yeah oh I think, my uh, harry, harry was joking around like or rather you uh nick you were joking around with like there was a specific number yeah which is gonna be like, Harry's, like 75 or something yeah harry or, was like yeah. here harry was like how, like what number do you think like it'll be good by and i was like any or how many iterations and he was i was like I, as many as it takes like this, <laughs> as many as it takes till it's good and what is something that you've learned from your partner and from your teammates specifically? I've definitely, I've never worked with Brian before, but I, me and Nick did um, the train project together sophomore year. So I kind of mm-hmm. already knew a little bit what it was to work with him. And I was like happy mm-hmm. to work with him again. 
Uh, Brian is definitely very uh, hardworking, very hardworking. And it shows in your work and you're very diligent. And it's very nice to work with you because you like really hold yourself accountable and like hold the group accountable. And Nick is also a very good director, but like in a good way, because I've definitely worked be, being part of like musical theater. I've definitely had a fair share of directors who are really bad directors and don't know how to direct people or how to direct. Granted, this is only like you're directing like yourself and then like us too. And then your whole group of animators. It's definitely like a smaller group, but you're doing like a good job of like directing us in a very like constructive way because you kind of need to like herd the sheep and like get things done when they need to be done. Adding on to that thought, it's kind of like the inverse. Well, kind of like the same thing with you, Steph. I had worked with uh, Nick doing Diagon Alley for Gallagher's class. Um, I haven't worked with you, Steph, but I, I can say the same about you. Um, you're definitely very diligent and you do many iterations and you don't quit until it's something that we're all satisfied with and we're all proud of. And with Nick, I'd say, uh, adding on to the thought of like you being a really good director, keeping us grounded, something else is like just telling, just like keeping us calm and collected because I feel like there's many moments where I'm just like, oh, this is not going to work. <laughs> and just like doing like really ridiculous, like panicking moments, which in retrospect is always like overblowing. But then Nick is just like, hey, Brian, just calm down. Like, it's, it's okay and all. But yeah, definitely keeping us all collected and focused. <laughs> Um, I'd say my thing is that you guys are such hard workers and you guys really push me to like to my limit in a good way. Uh, <laughs> um, so I know because I mean, again, I've worked with both of you guys um, on previous projects. And like, I think the main thing you guys do for me, at least, is you guys really do push me because I don't want to. I know you guys are amazing artists um, and I don't want to let you guys down with my work. So um, just I try to be there for you guys and also learn to like, you know, trust the process, trust in you guys. I know you guys are capable. Um, so I think, yeah, I'd say like, I'm really lucky. I'm able to work with you, uh, with Brian and Stephanie, because I've heard a lot of like horror stories about working on thesis with people that people like you don't like, um, or people that like will flake or don't listen or, or anything like that. And, and I haven't had that experience at all working with Brian and Stephanie. So for anybody who does want to work in a team to avoid these said horror stories, what would you guys recommend to that person or these people? For example, uh, I actually just talked to one of my underclassmen about this or one of my animators about this. I think, don't work with like I, 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 this is with anyone. This is with any project or anything. But gearing this more towards thesis or a big project, um, or a big production, don't work with someone that you like just because you like them. Um, luckily, Brian and Stephanie, I both liked you guys, and I also liked your work, so it worked out. Um, and I knew you guys were capable. Um, <clears throat> but I think that was that's one thing, and also communication is key. It's it gets repeated so many times for so many different things, but it's true. Like me, Brian, and Stephanie, we'll, we meet almost every single day about thesis, um, and just like check-ins with each other and um so just communication like if you if like we have like if we're struggling with something like don't struggle by yourself like we have like that's why we're on a team like we're here to share each other's burdens and and troubleshoot with everyone so just yeah just being open communication like we have a group chat we have a discord um we have a google drive like we have so many means of communication just so it's so easy to like if we're having trouble with one thing and like we need assets or we need like updates and or anything like that like it's easy and uh we just there's no there's no barrier 
to overcome. It's just asking. Especially like I agree with everything that Nick said. Um, but also if you've worked with people like granted, like me and Nick worked together and it worked out great, but sometimes you work with people and it doesn't work out great. And sometimes just because you're friends with them, you want to work with them on thesis again. Um, and that's, it's important to learn from your past experiences. And sometimes if it didn't work out, like maybe it's not going to work out, but you can still be friends and maybe just not work on a big project again and like agree to not to not work with each other like I know I've had that experience and we're still best friends but we just don't work with each other uh, adding on to what Nick said about like um about uh, teaming up and all also just knowing like the strengths of uh, of like your team members knowing like what uh what you're responsible for because then it, it'd be pointless to like team up with like so, for example if you're a modeler uh you wouldn't really want to team up with another person that's also a modeler yeah. and just like having like a repetition ideally you want to do thesis with someone else uh that can do another part of the pipeline or can balance you out. Yeah, but that's a good point. That's a good point, Brian. It brings me back to like what, like when we we're all having meetings in like our conference room and we literally wrote down what our strengths and weaknesses were and what part of the pipelines we were assigned to even before we started story. So just establishing that and having like leaving nothing up to like interpretation, just mm -hmm. being definitive, I think is also super important. That's one thing that I've learned as like I've been trying to any any type of managerial thing just like organizing spreadsheets and organizing people and and tasks mm -hmm. um just being definitive is super important never be like oh well like it could do that be this way like i could do this it's like no don't just be definitive and because mm -hmm. then it clears up any any uh headaches in the long run yeah absolutely especially if you're like resistant to doing something like you know that you don't excel in that situation you know it's, it would be detrimental to you guys as a group if you have to do it later and if you mention that you're like oh like, i could do it later like no like just be firm in what you know and firm in what you don't know exactly what would you tell your freshman self about sva it gets better after freshman year um <laughs> but it also gets worse yeah it also gets worse <laughs> but you get better like as a an artist like i freshman year was the year i pulled i was invincible all-nighters like <laughs> making terrible decisions like thinking that like your the amount of hours you put in was like how like what your self-worth was like I needed to stay up all night oh my god yeah that's a good that's a good point yeah and you don't need to do that <laughs> but <laughs> freshman year um they definitely tried to they hang that over you I think like the teachers um to kind of scare you into shape um, to like how mm. SBA works and how like you need you need to be good if you want to like actually like get a job and they kind of really like emphasize that I feel like right. um, but I would definitely say don't rely on looking at people's reels that got the dream job that you want like if you're a freshman mm. and that's one senior got that dream job that you want don't go all throughout college modeling yourself after that person's reel that got them that job because the industry has already changed. So mm -hmm. that reel that got them in four years ago and now you're a senior might not be the same thing that's going to get you your dream job. You kind of need to like move with the way that the industry is going. Like I know Houdini is getting really big now and a lot of like Blue Sky almost does all of their stuff in Houdini and Animate and Maya. Mm -hmm. So you kind of just need to move with the times and not just get too focused on like, well, this got this person, this job, and I need to make something exactly like this. 
So mm-hmm. I think that's like a big thing that I definitely did. It's a good point, Steph, especially about, I, I remember there being a lot of numbers freshman mm-hmm. year, like the amount of hours, like, like, uh, I just, I think it's really toxic. Like, just like, and, and it is not necessarily, maybe not necessarily toxic, but just unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And it's just the unfortunate thing, but not just about our department, but about our industry in general. I'd say for me though, I, I would definitely look elsewhere for also like different classes more specifically because as an animator um the computer art department at SVA doesn't have too many animation classes it do have animation classes but it's not I would say correct me if I'm wrong Steph and Brian but I'd say our department is kind of leaned towards the more visual development uh like lighting modeling like stuff like that um so I took I animate over the summer, uh, my in between sophomore and junior year, and it transformed my skill set. Um, so I wish I took that my freshman year, mm-hmm. uh, like, and I wish I knew like that was like the uh, the direction I should go into. Um, but then again, like I didn't know that. So, but like I, I don't regret going the path that I did. But like you said, if I if I could come to myself freshman year and say, hey, do these things, I. I definitely agree with that. All like both of your sentiments, Nick, with that idea of all looking for other resources, it's it's really important to do that, in, especially in our major, because then you don't want to rely too much on your classes and um, and what the professors are, are teaching. You ideally, I mean, granted, uh, they're a great resource, and you're getting you're learning a lot here, but you're only limiting yourself to uh, how much you learn here if you're doing that. So there's a whole. I'd like to think of like the analogy of like a small fish in a small pond but unaware of like the whole ocean out there there's like so much more that's out there and you really want to dip your toes in that and just like learn as much as you can in the time that you have here and aside from that i guess like never taking anything uh, too personal um it goes back to the idea of like just like getting feedback and critiques from everybody everybody's here to like help each other um, make each other grow as better artists and if you're not reaching out and like getting like critiques or just like getting feedback on your work you're kind of just getting stuck in your own little bubble and it kind of like inhibits growth and it's kind of uh, detrimental in the long run. I think I would, I would benefit very much if I was a freshman hearing that. So I think that was really, really great. Yeah. And one more thing, Javi, if you don't mind. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Take advantage uh, of everything SVA has to offer. And when I say everything, I mean things that pertain to you and some things that you want to explore. And even if you're not unsure of it, go for it. I'm specifically talking about like panels of of like artists and and guests and things like that and Mm. contacting those guests and reaching out to linkedin and also talking to like system admins your professors things like that take advantage of it sva is not is not a cheap school it is very expensive so but um but yeah like take advantage of those things don't just and this also goes to what brian was saying um there's so much more information and like there's so many resources to be had and you're paying all this money to go to school take advantage of them yeah absolutely school visual arts has a myriad of different resources and different paths you don't necessarily have to as brian mentioned kind of seclude yourself branch out you know do you guys have any specific advice for juniors who are now entering the thesis phase, whether it be in their pre-production classes or juniors becoming seniors, like anybody who is now entering this second half of their college career? I guess it goes back to the idea of like, don't don't get too attached to a single idea or a single concept. Thesis is a really iterative process. It goes through like, uh, as you said, Javi goes through so many like ups and downs and you don't want to like, get like locked down in a single thing that you like love um, and basically have to like 
pry yourself away from in the end. So uh, definitely uh, be open to like change. Uh, don't get uh, don't get stuck. Yeah, I uh, totally agree with Brian. Um, yeah, thesis is so iterative, and uh, it's going to go through changes. So don't get attached. Learn how to kill your children, for lack of a better word or better <laughs> phrase. You gotta, yeah, you gotta be. You gotta move with the punches. You gotta like. You gotta learn how to adapt. Um, and I'd say. Like you could pre-plan and, and prepare, but I, I you you won't really know what thesis is like until you're in it. So mm-hmm. try not to, sh- don't stress too much. I'd say like, if you can get a great, if like, if you could get a solid pre-vision story by the end of like junior year and move into the summer with, and then keep iterating on top of it and then go into senior year with that stuff, you're, are, you are golden. Like mm-hmm. you are, that is a great, that's something that I kind of wish uh, we had um, like, be, but I mean, I don't regret it because our story went through so many passes and, and the time that it took to get the story to where it was, like, that's just how long it took. So again, you just got to roll with it, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree with the, like, kill your darlings. (laughs) Um, My thesis pre-production teacher always said that she also went to SBA. It was um, Liz Herrero. um, And she always said like, don't be afraid like to kill your darlings. Like you have to, like, it doesn't matter how long you are attached to it or, Oh my God, it took so long. Like it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, and also like listening to the feedback professors give, I feel like, like I've definitely been guilty of this, but sometimes you want to explain while they're giving critique, like why something in the story is happening, but if they don't get it, it doesn't matter what your explanation is to them it doesn't make sense and if it only makes sense to you and you wrote the story but the audience doesn't get it then you should probably listen to what the audience is saying um they're all like suggestions obviously you don't need Mm -hmm. to implement every critique that you get um always take them with a grain of salt but um it's definitely important to just sit back and like listen while you're getting critique and like think about it um i have one last question for you guys uh who is your favorite podcaster Javi Cologne. Javi Cologne, dude. Each of you get gold stars. <laughs> In between gold stars. I am congratulations to the three of you for getting that one right. Nice. <laughs> guys so much for joining me on the show today yeah thank you so much for having us Javi. Yeah. it was uh, a thank you time. it's been a blast thank you for listening to this episode of the in-between if you like the show you can subscribe at itunes spotify youtube or wherever else you get your podcasts i'm javier cologne and i will see you next time Because you mentioned that you're doing snow simulations. Are you also doing like, um, give me a minute, one second. I'm thinking of the word. Process modeling? That's not the right word. What is it? Oh, procedural modeling? Procedural modeling. Okay, I'm going to restart yeah. that question just so I don't sound stupid on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm-hmm. definitely, you guys got to yeah. fill each other's like holes.
That was the worst <laughs> metaphor. Oh my god. <laughs> I think you're thinking about it. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining me on th- on the. I'm gonna restart that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best part about Honest. podcasting. I can sound yeah. perfectly articulated after I edit everything <laughs> that I was not. Mess. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's a whole nother topic for a podcast, by the way, <laughs> just like the, just like as an artist going into the industry and like what it holds. But yeah, well, you anyways, know, you can reach out. We can start that. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> I think we need to wait a little bit till we get into the industry first. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm more than happy producing more than five shows. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but uh, I yes, that's super great advice, Steph. Um, 